Join me in our prayer for illumination. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. A reading from the book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and cut the wood for the burnt offering, and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. The two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on top of the altar, on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand, he took a knife to kill his son. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord.
gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42. Listen with me for the word of God. Jesus says, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Last summer, travel was up. Same is true this summer. It seems that travel plans that had been postponed over the past couple years are, are finally happening for many people. With COVID-19 restrictions being loosened domestically and internationally, people are able to travel and see so many parts of our own country and around the world. Some places are much easier to visit than others. Some places are much easier to visit. For example, if you're traveling internationally, going to Italy or Spain or Austria, easier countries to visit than suppose you wanted to visit North Korea. They wouldn't allow you in. They would keep you out. How about domestically? Savannah, easy city to go and visit. But if you tried to schedule a trip to Fort Knox, they won't let you in. Some places are easier to visit than others. Some places you can't even go. Several years ago, went to the world of Coca-Cola in Atlanta. Great place. Went with some family members, had a great time there. Thousands of people go to the world of Coca-Cola every day. I was excited to learn more about the history, to taste some of the Coca-Cola flavors from around the world. Great place. Lots of fun. And they would love to welcome more and more people, except for their vault. They claim to have located there in a lockbox the original recipe that John Pemberton wrote, the recipe of Coca-Cola, that he evidently shared with only a couple of people. You can't go there. You can't see it. They're keeping it a secret. They're protecting that recipe. As much as you may want to go and visit, you cannot. Well, let's face it. Some places are easier to visit than others. And it's not so much because of the place, it's because of the people. After all, people welcome other people. Or people restrict other people. We may, in our own mind's eye, translate that to a location, a physical space. But it's really about, it's about people. And Jesus knew this. That's why in Matthew chapter 10, 
He is helping those disciples way back then and us today understand the importance of welcoming. If you were to read the previous verses in chapter 10, you see this is that poignant time in Jesus' mission when he is recruiting his disciples. He is inviting them to join him, but he's giving them very clear instructions about where to go, what to do, what to even bring how to accept the hospitality of someone who welcomes them into their home. And then in these verses, verses 40 through 42, he speaks in a more spiritual sense about the value of welcoming. And here, the gospel writer Matthew has Jesus sounding the most like John's gospel telling, where we, we have what's called a high Christology, a, a very high perspective of who Jesus is, his personhood, his mission, his impact in the world. And Jesus says, if you welcome me, you welcome the one who sent me. And if you welcome the one who sent me, then you will be experiencing God's presence. So, so Jesus is helping us to have a big worldview of people and God and trying to help us understand that there's something valuable, important about being connected with people. At any given time, you can step toward or step away from another person. You choose. The other person gets to choose as well. But when you have the chance to welcome somebody, what will you do? Corey Ten Boom was an influential speaker and author from the mid 20th century. She was born in the Netherlands, that's where she was raised with her family. And their family did something really significant during World War II. They decided to help Jewish people escaping the Nazi regime find a safe place in their own personal home. They personally protected and saved an untold number of people who would have likely been killed in the Holocaust. They did this. They provided welcome in their own home. And this experience inspired Corey Ten Boom to take her Christian faith and to share it with the world. And she did it in a profound way. And here's something she noticed. She noticed that people who are longing for a welcome, they're like, she says, people walking along a tightrope, holding a sack in one hand and a sack in the other. In this hand, the sack is their unjust past. And in this hand, the sack is their hopeful future. She says, people longing to be welcomed are like walking along this tightrope, holding in one hand their regrets, their frustrations, the things that didn't go right, their defeats, their pain from the past. But then in this other hand, their hopes, their anxieties, their dreams. And walking along that tightrope, trying to hold it all together, Wondering, is there somebody out there who will take me as I am? Who will love me for who I am? 
The ministry of the church begins with welcoming other people because we have been welcomed first. You may not remember that time when you were first welcomed. It may have been when you were a little child. It may have been more recently. But you were first welcomed by other people as an expression of God's love found within them. And so now you and I are called to extend the welcome to others. Part of the challenge, many of us have a sense of propriety about how we ought to behave and how we ought to look when we're at church. And it's something that you were taught, maybe by example or maybe somebody explicitly telling you words. It may have happened in another church, in another time, in another part of the country with a different group of people. But what would, what, would, what, what would it look like if we just took all of those expectations that were foisted upon us, that we mistakenly put upon others, and just got rid of them so that we can just welcome people for who they are? Can we do that? Jesus says, when you welcome another person, you welcome me. And he goes on to particularly talk about welcoming the little ones. And I think we can safely, safely understand Jesus talking about children, about offering a child a cool cup of water. It's a great image, isn't it? Especially in the heat of the summer. Something refreshing, nourishing, that would relieve us. Jesus says we ought to be able to offer that to a child. That ought to be experienced in the life of the church throughout everything that we do, especially on Sunday mornings. You know, there's something that some churches have been experimenting with. I want to tell you about it. Some churches used to have something called children's church when the children would be ushered out of the sanctuary away from their parents and grandparents and those who love them, ushered out of the sanctuary um, for a time just for them. And now some churches are saying, we, we really need to be together. The children need to learn from all of the adults and we need to be together to foster a sense of community. And some churches are adapting their physical space in a way that previous generations had never imagined before, but it's all for the sake of welcoming children. Now, of course, architecture needs to be taken into account, but some churches are actually taking pews, like two or three pews, either in the front or in the back, and removing them. And in that blank space, creating an area for families with children, comfortable chairs, comfortable carpet, toys that don't make a lot of noise, a space for young children to be with adults in the worship experience. Now, that would require changing architecture, changing perspective, changing attitude, but it's for the sake of welcoming children. What would that look like? 
you know, we're not trying to schedule a trip anywhere as the congregation. But what we are doing is we're taking seriously our, our spiritual pilgrimage, understanding that we're not merely tourists. And we are called to offer a welcome to people who are also on their pilgrimage. If you've ever hosted a dinner at your home, my guess is you got out the nicest flatware and platters, you prepared food that you wanted, maybe it didn't suit what other people were wanting, but, but maybe, it was, maybe it was more about you than about who you were welcoming. The ministry of the church compels us to place a focus on who we are welcoming. Because when we do, we're welcoming Jesus. Today is the beginning of Camp Discovery. For over 20 years, our church has made this a missional priority to provide a camp experience for fourth and fifth graders in Rowan and Salisbury who might not otherwise have the chance to get to go to camp. During this whole week, they're going to engage in traditional camp activities like arts and crafts, going on a hike in the woods and swimming in the lake. But it's all going to be held together with devotion time, worship. The children will be given a Bible, taught how to read it. It's going to be an amazing, wonderful week. And we're so thankful for all of you who will make it an amazing week. Now, our mentors have been trained, they've been informed, they know what they're doing. I want to humbly encourage you to do one simple thing. Welcome the children. Whether you're doing something fun and exciting, whether it's at a meal, whether it's a transition from one thing to the next, maybe... It's been a long day and they need to settle down because everybody needs to go to bed in the cabin. Whatever it might be, just try to think, what would it mean to welcome this child right here, right now? Because we want them to know that they're loved just the way they are and that God loves them. And they're going to feel it. They're going to know it through your love in their life. You are going to bless them. And congregation, I know that you are proud of these mentors and the week that is coming up. Coming up in our worship service, we're going to have a time to commission these mentors. But for right now, I want to say a, a quick word of thank you to Claire Carricker and to Bailey Wisenself for the amazing effort that you have put all of the work um, planning, Bob Johnson, who's been a mentor with camp for many years, also put so much work into making this upcoming week special because we want the children to be welcomed. In many ways, what's happening this week is a very focused, intense manifestation of what we hope to offer throughout the entire year. After all, we're not guarding a secret recipe for Coca-Cola. We have nothing to hide, no secrets, nothing to protect. 
Nothing to keep to ourselves. All we have is a cool cup of water to share. It's the love of God for all people. Amen.